Some Terms of Thought in Modern Philosophy. Essay Number 5. The Prestige of the Infinite. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Some Terms of Thought in Modern Philosophy. Five Essays by George Santiana. Essay Number 5. The Prestige of the Infinite. A review of Julian Brenda's sketch of a consistent theory of the relations between God and the world. The more complex the world becomes, and the more it rises above the intermediate, so much the further removed it is from God. That is to say, so much the more impious it is. Monsieur Julian Brenda is not led to this startling utterance by any political or sentimental grudge, it is not the late war, nor the peace of Versailles, nor the perilous state of the arts, nor the decay of morality and prosperity that disgusts him with our confused world. It is simply overmastering respect for the infinite la traison des clericks, or treason of the Levites, with which he had previously upbraided the intellectuals of his time, now appears to consist precisely in coveting a part in this world's inheritance and forgetting that the inheritance of the levites is the lord which being interpreted philosophically means that a philosopher is bound to measure all things by the infinite this infinite is not rhetorical as if we spoke of infinite thought or infinite love it is physio-mathematical nothing but number monsieur brenda tells us seems to him intelligible time, space, volume, and complexity, which appears to the senses as quality, stretch in a series of units, positions, or degrees to infinity, as number does, and in such homogeneous series, infinite in both directions, there will be no fixed point of origin for counting or surveying the whole, and no particular predominant scale. Every position will be essentially identical, with every other, every suggested structure will be collapsible and reversible, and the position and relations of every unit will be indistinguishable from those of every other. In the infinite, Monsieur Brenda says, the parts have no identity. Each number in the scale, as we begin counting from different points of origin, bears also every other number. This is no mere mathematical puzzle. The thought has a strange moral eloquence seen in their infinite setting which we may presume to be their ultimate environment all things lose their central position and their dominance the contrary of what we first think of them or of ourselves for instance that we are alive while they are dead or unborn is also true egotism becomes absurd pride and shame become the vainest of illusions if then it be repugnant to reason that the series of numbers, moments, positions, and volumes should be limited, and the human spirit has a great affinity to the infinite, all specific quality and variety in things must be superficial and deeply unreal. They are masks in the carnival of phenomena, to be observed without conviction, and secretly dismissed as ironical by those who have laid up their treasure in the infinite. 
the mathematical dissolution of particulars is reinforced by moral considerations which are more familiar existence any specific fact asserting itself in any particular place or moment is inevitably contingent arbitrary gratuitous and insecure a sense of insecurity is likely to be the first wedge by which repentance penetrates into the animal heart if a man did not foresee death and fear it he might never come at all to the unnatural thought of renouncing life in fact he does not often remember death yet his whole gay world is secretly afraid of being found out of being foiled in the systematic bluff by which it lives as if its life were immortal and far more than the brave young man fears death in his own person the whole life of the world fears to be exercised by self-knowledge and lost in air and with good reason because whether we stop to notice this circumstance or not every fact every laborious beloved achievement of man or of nature has come to exist against infinite odds in the dark grab-bag of being this chosen fact was surrounded by innumerable possible variations or contradictions of it and each of these possibilities happening not to be realized here and now yet possesses intrinsically exactly the same aptitude or claim to existence nor are these claims and aptitudes merely imaginary and practically contemptible the flux of existence is continually repenting of its choices and giving everything actual the lie by continually substituting something else no less specific and no less nugatory this world any world exists only by an unmerited privilege its glory is offensive to the spirit like the self-sufficiency of some ostreperous nobody who happens to have drawn the big prize in a lottery the world m brenda writes inspires me with a double sentiment i feel it to be full of grandeur because it has succeeded in asserting itself and coming to exist and i feel it to be pitiful when i consider how it hung on a mere nothing that this particular world should never have existed and though this so accidental world by its manifold beauties and excitements may arouse our romantic enthusiasm it is fundamentally an unholy world its creation he adds in italics is something which reason should wish had never taken place for we must not suppose that god when god is defined as infinite being can be the creator of the world such a notion would hopelessly destroy that coherence in thought to which m brenda aspires the infinite cannot be selective it cannot possess a particular structure such for instance as the trinity nor a particular quality such as goodness it cannot exert power or give direction nothing can be responsible for the world except the world itself it has created or is creating itself perpetually by its own arbitrary act by a groundless self-assertion which may be called somewhat metaphorically will or even original sin the original sin of existence particularly selfishness or separation from god existence being absolutely contingent and ungrounded is perfectly free and if it ties itself up 
in its own habits or laws and becomes a terrible nightmare to itself by its automatic monotony that still is only its own work and figuratively speaking its own fault nothing save its own arbitrary and needless pressure keeps it going in that round this fatality is impressive and popular religion has symbolized it in the person of a deity far more often recognized and worshipped than infinite being this popular deity a symbol for the forces of nature and history the patron of the human welfare and morality Monsieur brenda calls the imperial god it is clear that these two gods have nothing to do with one another the god whom marshal de valeres rising in his stirrups and pointing his drawn sword heavenward thanks on the evening of denain is one god quite another is the god within whose bosom the author of the imitation in a corner of his cell feels the nothingness of human victories it follows from this if we are coherent that any return to god which ascetic philosophy may bring about cannot be a social reform a transition to some better form of natural existence in a promised land a renovated earth or a material or temporal heaven nor can the error of creation be corrected violently by a second arbitrary act such as suicide or the annihilation of the universe by some ultimate general collapse if such events happen they will leave the door open to new creations and fresh errors but the marvel is i will return to this point presently that the world in the person of a human individual endowed with reason may perceive the error of its ways and correct it ideally in the sphere of estimation and worship such is the only possible salvation reason in order to save us and we in order to be saved must both subsist we must both be incidents in the existing world we may then by the operation of reason in us recover our allegiance to the infinite for we are bone of its bone and flesh of its flesh and by our secret sympathy with it we may rescind every peculiar claim and dismiss silently every peculiar form of being as something unreal and unholy it is incapable of love wrath or any other passion i will add writes monsieur brenda something else which theories of an impersonal deity have less often pointed out such infinity is incompatible with personal being god is capable of morality thus mere intuition and analysis of the infinite since this infinite is itself passive and indifferent may prove a subtle antidote to passion to folly and even to life i think monsieur brenda succeeds admirably in the purpose announced in his title of rendering his discourse coherent if once we accept his definitions his corollaries follow clearly and bravely he disengages his idea of infinity from other properties usually assigned to the deity such as power omniscience goodness and tutelary functions in respect to life or to some special human society but coherence is not completeness nor even a reasonable measure of descriptive truth and certain considerations are omitted from m brenda's view which are of moment that if they were included they might transform the whole issue perhaps the chief of these omissions is that of an organ of thought m brenda throughout is engaged simply in clarifying his own ideas 
and repeatedly disclaims any ulterior pretensions. He finds in the panorama of his thoughts an idea of infinite being, or God, and proceeds to study the relation of that conception to all others. It is a task of critical analysis and religious confession, and nothing could be more legitimate and, to some of us, more interesting. But whence these various ideas, and whence the spell which the ideas of infinite being in particular casts over the meditative mind, unless we can view these moments of thought in their natural setting and order of genesis, we shall be in danger of turning autobiography into cosmology and inwardness into folly. One of the most notable points in M. Brenda's analysis is his insistence on the leap involved in passing from infinite being to any particular fact or system of facts, and again the leap involved in passing when the converted spirit returns to God. From specific animal interests, no matter how generous, social, or altruistic these interests may be, to absolute reincarnation and sympathy with the absolute, that a will to return to God should arise in the phenomenal world seems to be a miracle of no less wonderful, though it may be less wondered at, than that the world should arise in the bosom of God. Love of man, charity, humanitarianism are nothing but the selfishness of the race by which each animal species asserts its specific existence. To surrender one's individuality for the benefit of a larger self is something quite different from disinterestedness. It is the exact opposite. And certainly, if we regard infinite being as a cosmological medium, say, empty space and time, there would be a miraculous break, an unaccountable new beginning, if that glassy expanse was suddenly wrinkled by something called energy. But in fact, there need never have been such a leap or such a miracle, because there could never have been such a transition. Infinite being is not a material vacuum in the bosom of which a world might arise. It is a platonic idea, though Plato never entertained it, an essence, non-existent and immutable, not in the same field of reality at all as a world of moving and colliding things. Such an essence is not conceivably the seat of the variations that enliven the world. It is only in thought that we may pass from infinite being to an existing universe, and when we turn from one to the other and say that now energy has emerged from the bosom of God, we are turning over a new leaf, or rather picking up an entirely different volume. The natural world is composed of objects and events which theory may regard as transformations of a hypothetical energy, an energy which M. Brenda, who when he comes down to the physical world is a good materialist, conceives to have condensed and distributed itself into matter, which in turn composed organisms and ultimately generated consciousness and reason. But in whatever manner the natural world may have evolved, it is found and positioned by us in perception and action, not like infinite being defined in thought. This contrast is ontological and excludes any derivation of the one object from the other. Michel Brenda himself tells us so, and we may wonder why he introduced infinite being at all into his description of the world. The reason, doubtless, is that he was not engaged in describing the world except by the way, but rather in classifying and clarifying his ideas in view of determining his moral allegiance, 
and he arranged his terms, whether ideal or materials, in a single series, because they were alike present to his intuition, and he was concerned to arrange them in a hierarchy according to their moral dignity. Not only is infinite being an incongruous and obstructive term to describe the substance of the world, which, if it subtends the changes in the world and causes them, must evidently change with them. But even mathematical space and time, in their ideal infinity, may be very far from describing truly the medium and groundwork of the universe. That is a question for investigation and hypothesis, not for intuition. But in the life of intuition, when that life takes a mathematical turn, empty space and time and their definable structure may be important themes while when the same life becomes a discipline of the affectations we see by this latest example as well as by many a renowned predecessor of monsieur brenda's that infinite being may dominate the scene nor is this eventual dominance so foreign to the natural mind or such a miraculous conversion as it might seem here too there is no derivation of object from object but an alternative for the mind as monsieur brenda points out natural interests and sympathies may expand indefinitely so as to embrace a family a nation or the whole animate universe we might even be chiefly occupied with liberal pursuits such as science or music the more we labored at these things and delighted in them the less ready should we be for renunciation and detachment must conversion then descend upon us from heaven like a thunderbolt far from it we need not look for the principle of spiritual life in the distance we have it at home from the beginning even the idea of infinite being though unnamed is probably familiar perhaps in the biography of the human race or of each budding mind the infinite or indeterminate may have been the primary datum on the homogeneous sensuous background blank at first but secretly plastic a spot here and a movement there may gradually have become discernible until the whole picture of nature and history had shaped itself as we see it a certain sense of that primitive datum the infinite or indeterminate may always remain as it were the outstretched canvas on which every picture is painted and when the pictures vanish as in deep sleep the ancient simplicity and quietness may be actually recovered in a conscious union with brahman so sensuous so intimate so unsophisticated the return to god may be for the spirit without excluding the other avenues intellectual and aesthetic by which this return may be effected in waking life though then not so much an act as an intent only and allegiance i confess that formerly i had some difficulty in sharing the supreme respect for infinite being which animates so many saints it seems to me the dazed the empty the deluded side of spirituality why rest in an object which can be redeemed from blank negation only by a blank intensity but time has taught me not to despise any form of vital imagination any discipline which may achieve perfection after any kind of intuition is a broadly based activity it engages elaborate organs and sums up and synthesizes accumulated impressions it may therefore easily pour the riches of its 
ancestry into the image or the sentiment which it evokes poor as this sentiment or image might seem if expressed in words in rapt or ecstatic moments the vital momentum often the moral escape is everything and the achievement apart from the blessed relief little or nothing infinite being may profit in this way by offering a contrast to infinite annoyance moreover in my own way i have discerned in a pure being the involution of all forms as felt pure being may be indeterminate but as conceived reflectively it includes all determinations so that when deployed into the realm of essence infinite and indeterminate being truly contains entertainment for all eternity m brenda feels this pregnancy of the infinite on the mathematical side but he hardly notices the fact proclaimed so gloriously by spinoza that the infinity of extension is only one of an infinity of infinities there is an aesthetic infinite or many aesthetic infinites composed of all the forms which nature or imagination might exhibit and where imagination fails there are infinite reminders of the unimagined the version which m brenda gives us of infinite being limited to the mathematical dimension is therefore unnecessarily cold and stark his one infinity is monochrome whereas the total infinity of essence in which an infinity of outlines is only one item is infinitely many-coloured phenomena therefore fall in their essential variety within and not without infinite being so that in returning to god we might take the whole world with us not indeed in its blind movement and piecemeal illumination as events occur but in the after-image and panoramic portrait as events are gathered together in the realm of truth on the whole i think m brenda's two gods are less unfriendly to one another than his aggrieved tone might suggest this pregnant little book ends on a tragic note hitherto human self-assertion in the state of the family while serving the imperial god has paid some grudging honors at least verbally to the infinite god as well under the guise of liberalism love of mankind or the negation of classes but to-day this imperfect homage is retracted and nothing is reverenced except that which gives strength if any one preaches human kindness it is in order to establish a strong community martially trained like a superstate to oppose everything not included within it and to become omnipotent in the art of utilizing the non-human forces of nature the will to return to god may prove to have been in the history of the phenomenal world a sublime accident certainly the will to return to god if not an accident is an incident in the life of the world and the world itself is a sublime accident in the sense that its existence is contingent groundless and precarious yet so long as the imperial god continues successfully to keep our world going it will be no accident but a natural necessity that many a mind should turn to the thought of the infinite with awe with a sense of liberation and even with joy the infinite god owes all his worshippers little as he may care for them to the success of the imperial god in creating reflective and speculative minds or to drop these mythological expressions which may become tiresome 
philosophers owe to nature and to the discipline of moral life their capacity to look beyond nature and beyond morality and while they may look beyond and take comfort in the vision they cannot pass beyond as monsieur brenda says the most faithful levite can return to the infinite only in his thought in his life he must remain a lay creature yet nature in forming the human soul unintentionally unlocked for the mind the doors to truth and to essence partly by obliging the soul to attend to things which are outside and partly by endowing the soul with far greater potentialities of sensation and invention than daily life is likely to call forth our minds are therefore naturally dissatisfied with their lot and speculatively directed upon an outspread universe in which our persons count for almost nothing these insights are calculated to give our brutal wills some pause intuition of the infinite and recourse to the infinite for religious inspiration follow of themselves and can never be suppressed altogether so long as life is conscious and experience provokes reflection spirit is certainly not one of the forces producing spirit but neither is it a contrary force it is the actuality of feeling of observation of meaning spirit has no unmannerly quarrel with its parents its hosts or even its jailers they know not what they do yet spirit belongs intrinsically to another sphere and cannot help wondering at the world and suffering in it the man in whom spirit is awake will continue to live and act but with a difference in so far as he has become pure spirit he will have transcended the fear of death or defeat and now his instinctive fear which will subsist will be neutralized by an equally sincere consent to die and to fail he will live henceforth in a truer and more serene sympathy with nature than is possible to rival natural beings natural beings are perpetually struggling to live only and not to die so that their will is hopelessly rebellion against the divine decrees which they must obey notwithstanding the spiritual man on the contrary in so far as he has already passed intellectually into the eternal world no longer endures unwillingly the continual death involved in living or the final death involved in having been born he renounces everything religiously in the very act of attaining it resigning existence itself as gladly as he accepts it or even more gladly because the emphasis which action and passion lend to the passing moment seem to him arbitrary and violent and as each task or experience is dismissed in turn he accounts the end of it more blessed than the beginning end of essay number five end of some turns of thought in modern philosophy by george santiana